I'm sitting with Hera Chan, uh, who is um, an activist, an artist uh, here in the city, and who I've been working with uh, around the um, uh, organizing, the creation, the building of Howl Festival, uh, which is upcoming. And um, we're recording these short uh, exchanges with the organizers to explore some of the ideas that are um, behind this festival um, and uh, some of the reasons people have uh, been working on it. Um, it's a big effort um, and it's coming up soon. And um, yeah, so uh, hey, Hera. Hi, Stefan. How are you doing? <laughs> Good. So um, yeah, so I guess um, everybody uh, is working on different aspects of this project, um, but you know, you're involved in tons of different community art uh, initiatives. Um, um, around the city uh, for a few years. Uh, I've been um, working with you in, di in different ways. Um, so I guess from your point of view, like what are some of the ideas uh, or what are some of the, the um, political sort of spaces that you feel uh, this project is trying to explore uh, within the art world or the music world in Montreal, the independent cultural world? Um, and what are some of the ideas that are are pushing your uh, efforts within this initiative? I've been thinking a lot lately about what it means um, to inherit struggle, to inherit art practices and art practices that are um, actively engaged in like real community projects. So I think it's it's really interesting um, working with HAL and, and the HAL Festival especially because I think that the HAL Festival is a way in which you kind of can show like the ongoing like maintenance and ongoing kind of um, organization that goes into a lot of these communities that allows it to work and I think the half hustle is also really interesting because it's a way to kind of like visualize a lot of that kind of effort and labor and organizing and talking and communication that usually you just don't see um I guess I've been involved a lot uh and with this festival was just kind of organizationally with the art stuff, you know, like um, installing Shanna's work, the the show co-presented with Atelier Celadon that was curated by Viola Chen and helping install that at CASA. And it's funny because I feel like when people think about a festival, the art that is the art is like the, the music show or like the art hanging on the wall. But a lot of it is like all of this lead up to that, you know, like all of this kind of like community engagement and kind of what it means to create that network. Um, and I think like this kind of festival is a really interesting way of of you know showing that and kind of opening the conversation and allowing other people to be a part of it um in many ways so those those two exhibitions maybe um if you could talk a bit about some of the ideas that went into the choice of artists and also some of the ideas i mean the the, the shauna strauss uh exhibition at le kajibi already had its vernissage um and then there's the um the upcoming uh, Atelier Saladon uh, um, Vernissage at Castel Popolo, but what were some of the ideas around the, the choice of the artwork? And we could start perhaps with Shauna Strauss's work and, and, and wh where that exhibition came from, and why you felt it was important. Yeah, I think that with Shanna's work, which is hanging up at KGB right now, um, Shanna Strauss and Tiana Monroe gave an, an incredible kind of um, discussion on kind of how that art process works. 
But I think for me and, and what I think about it when I think of Shannon's work, I often think about what it means for kind of art to speak to people and people to speak to art. Because I think oftentimes um, when we talk about kind of visual art, it's often about kind of just showing something. It's kind of in like an education process or or it's just about kind of like representation. And it feels like this very one-sided way in which the people watching become these consumers. And But I don't really think that's true for everyone's work. Um, and I don't think it's true for Shannon's. I think that it is something that kind of enables something to pass back and forth and, and that like it calls different people differently. Um, you know, like Shannon's work has a lot to do with, um, the African diaspora and what it means to kind of tell stories and what it means to kind of like reclaim wood and kind of like reuse materials that, um, may have been kind of thrown to the side. So in that way, in, in listening to her talk about her art practice is really inspiring because she writes about how, or I, well, I guess she was talking about it, she talks about how um, when you think about your art practice like that, then it becomes when you walk into this, in the city, that is also your art practice because you're constantly looking for the materials yeah, that work, totally. that can be yeah. in your work. And I think that's really inspiring as a way to think about what it means to to be involved in kind of community initiatives and activism and to be an artist. And, and Shanna uh, works with Desta, a black youth group. And so, and she makes art with them too, you know? And I think that's, um, it's been really inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. Desta is based in Low Burgundy, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and there's also the, the show that's taking place at Casa del Popolo, um, so yeah, I mean, if you could share some thoughts, I, I you've mainly been um, conversing and organizing with the artists about the selection of work, and also through the project that that you've um, helped found uh, Atelier Celadon. Yeah, the the show at Casa del Popolo, which is called Romances in uh, Diaspora Beyond Longing, was curated by Viola Chen. So even though some of the artists we discussed together, ultimately I was like, hey, this is your thing. Like, let me know how I can help. Um, but I think what's really exciting is that it does kind of come through Atelier Celadon. And, and Atelier Celadon is an artist organization that I co-founded with a few friends last year and has grown. We organized a conference last fall that was about a people of color diaspora. So kind of thinking about ways to think about contemporary art and, and do it and to kind of have people that you can speak to and kind of connect with. Um, so it, it's not always about kind of kind of having to break that wall of educating people about racial politics and, and kind of being understood, but rather that there's different ways in which you can actually just do group projects together. So the show that Viola has curated now, which is up at CASA, we're up there today, um, you know, like viciously nailing things into those really, really hard walls. Um, it's really interesting because it's, t it's, like thinking about, like at least for me, again, this is like my ideas about Viola's uh, curatorial statement and like the work that's there. It's like talking about, so there's like romances and there's diaspora and both of those things you can never really fix. Like they're they're both very ephemeral. It's like this idea that things are always moving mm -hmm. um, and that kind of questioning then in that place, like exactly where do you put your heart, right? Like it's not rooted in like a homeland like a physical location but then in that case do you just end up carrying it around with you and kind of like bumping into other people and and so I think that in this way like these forms of expression and the art that people are creating are ways in which you can draw out actually a very romantic narrative 
And I think what that's what's really um, like lovely about all the work too, because it, it is like a love story, right? It's like this idea that if you know, you there's a chance encounter and there's a sense of luck, and you think about it a lot, mm-hmm. and then. I, at least to me, the way in which like love stories happen is like that. You can mm-hmm. you have this ability to dream together, to build a narrative mm-hmm. together that isn't the real narrative, and that kind of like ideal mm-hmm. is like what is kind of like falling in love and like and kind of pairing that with this idea of diaspora, which is very much the same. Well, it, that's really interesting because there is so much discussion about diaspora. I mean, obviously, it's not a new discussion, but um, that sort of uh, today in 2016, uh, you know, we're in Montreal in this territory called Canada, of course, on, on indigenous land. Um, but there's this uh, increasing sort of critique of like, what is this nation that I'm seeing more and more being transmitted, uh, not just in the art world, but more broadly in society, but also through through music, um, you know, and, and like critiques that have come up even through like major artists like A Tribe Called Red, for example, uh, who are really like shaking the Canadian nationalist narrative. Um, and, but it also pushes forward a conversation, I feel, about like what what does um, identity and what does diaspora mean in this society? So it's it's really interesting to hear those thoughts about the, the exhibition at CASA and sort of the um, ephemeral nature also of like this society of Quebec and Canada, especially in the Quebec context in Montreal. Um, so it's, I don't know. I mean, it's some issues that have come up in the context of Howell are around, um, like trying to visit more forcefully those, uh, questions around identity and diaspora. So, uh, extending from that particular show, like what are some of your thoughts about, the importance of visiting these topics um, from sort of the community art practice basis um, within the Montreal art world, um, because we'd see the topics in sort of like the like sort of more establishment like gallery world, but like at a more grassroots level. Yeah, I think that it almost makes like it's so much more sense to talk about diaspora critically and a more grassroots level mm-hmm. in the sense that like the idea of diaspora and a kind of a critical one is kind of trying to say that well there's something that completely escapes like national boundaries and kind of like fixed um, boundary identities or ones that have been very clearly defined um, in a very state-oriented way and institutional way I think and so I think what's also really fascinating about that is like, well, on one hand, you know, people talk about in a more traditional sense of the word, like diaspora is like, well, people who move from one place to another and that that would be considered the diaspora. Um, But in the way that I think Viola's articulated in the way that like I've talked about it with her um, together is that, well, it can be also posited as a kind of futurism as a kind of like, Mm. well, the idea of diaspora is not ever having a homeland is actually more future oriented than than kind of more fixed notions of identity. So mm-hmm. instead of trying to be like, let's incorporate diasporic mm-hmm. people into like the Canadian identity or or whatever identity uh, like that, like why don't we just kind of like rest in that fluidity and like let and because it's it's already kind of deemed marginal and other, that itself can be so powerful because that will always be kind of escaping a fixing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I mean, one one thing in terms of like um, the Howl Festival has also been trying to really 
um, put forward um, understandings of these questions of identity and diaspora. And I, I really, I, f I felt strongly what you're talking about in terms of like the fluidity of that. Um, but one thing has been, um, that has been put forward. And I just wanted to mention this because before a tribe called red was mentioned and at a more like local level here, um, we, uh, have every year that benefit for missing justice. And I, I feel like in a, in a small way, it's a way to like ground, um, a lot of the, um, discussions happening around the festival in a very, uh, local example of the realities here that so much contrast with like, the f like national frameworks that really exclude those like uh diaspora identities that you're talking about um you know because the whole like you know nation state structure is just so um you know garbage basically <laughs> but yeah i mean so i just i just wanted to mention also the the missing justice initiative which is is interesting but yeah um i i don't know like extending from that like um, I, I, these visual art, um, shows that are happening, um, as part of the festival, like this year, it feels like really more advanced or more, um, I don't know what the word would be, but, you know, like more developed, um, which is really exciting. But, um, what, what do you feel the importance of that is in terms of having a presence within the the context of this particular festival and, and what it can bring to the larger discussion. Yeah, because mostly the, the HAL Festival, um, I think also about like this exhibition and kind of like where where it kind of is living right now, which is in the Sal de Spectacle, the Casa del Popolo, and how a lot of the HAL events happen in kind of like Casa Sala, like mm -hmm. these places and, and what it means to kind of continually have those conversations there, but be shifting them and to also kind of be inhabiting those spaces differently into kind of like continuing to occupy those places um, through our conversations. And I guess through all the holes that we're going to be leaving in the wall, um, <laughs> which I think is really interesting in looking at the wall, just thinking about what used to be there, what could have, you know, like where's this crack from? Sure. Um, Cause they're quite hard. So you really have to make a crack. Uh, and I think that I, I really hope that in the future, like we do do more kind of visual art shows and kind of, um, with how, and I think in jumping back a little bit with Shanna, um, Vernissage, Shanna and Tiana Monroe did this incredible kind of back and forth in which Tiana would, Tiana is a spoken word poet here in Montreal would, would say a poem and, and then Shanna would kind of respond by talking a bit about one of her works and then they went back and forth like this like and it was like very intimate and I mean they're very good friends and they often talk about their art practice together so they're kind of like sharing their their conversation with everyone so you know mm -hmm. um Shanna would talk about one of her paintings on the wall and she would say oh that one BB is for my grandmother she mm -hmm. would tell us story mm -hmm. about her grandmother and then Tiana mm -hmm. would follow up by saying oh you know I have I have this poem that I wrote for my grandmother and this is why I wrote it mm -hmm. And I think, like, those are the ways in which I want to see how having more of their conversations, you know, like, mm -hmm. like cross-disciplinary, kind of having intimate spaces that can be shared, but are also offer a vulnerability that is extremely powerful and very strong. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, uh, you know, with the Atelier Celadon show at Casa del Popolo, there's also going to be an artist talk and discussion 
um, on the Saturday, on the 23rd, from 3 to 5. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that hasn't happened yet, but I, I want, I've been talking to Viola about, like, how we're going to do that, and I'm really interested to see, like, if we can also kind of facilitate that that space. Because mm-hmm. um, I think vulnerability and... and but finding strength and vulnerability is really difficult, especially when it comes to people's practices and their art and what it means to them. Mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to ex- um, just jump off a few points that you were just talking about because, I mean, Mon- Montreal is the city, like, known for festivals. And one thing that comes up, I, I find often, is this, like, this very, um, it seems, habit habitual thing that I've seen with a lot of, friends like working on festivals which is this idea is like oh we want to make this festival very big and like in this sort of mainstream narrative sense of having like you know a lot of artists that have a huge following or like occupying you know certain types of spaces that you know are recognized by mainstream institutions as important etc we haven't really done that with Howell which is a decision right and and I I think like the types of conversations you were talking about in terms of like more intimate conversations and more like difficult conversations around diaspora, around identity, around what that means in the Montreal art world, um, take time. And, you know, you've been working on this a lot and everybody else involved. And I just find it interesting that different approach to like the work of like trying to put this together. I, I don't know if you have any thoughts about like, um, thinking differently uh and and the types of like conversations we've all had in terms of trying to build a process called a festival in a festival city that's very different from what usually a festival is here yeah i think at a certain point you know as people like take steps forward in their art practice whatever that may look like like i think there are decisions being made in which you're thinking about who you want to speak to Mm. you know and i think um and because I think kind of grassroots communities and communities that may not be kind of funded by large institutions or have that kind of like stability um, because of like what the kind of work that they're doing and the kind of like fluid nature of that and the kind of political causes that um, they are aligned with and are a part of, you know, they don't have this kind of like institutional financial support. Um, sometimes it's harder to keep that glue together, you know, because people are busy, they're working, they need to make money, they need to kind of like sustain their livelihoods, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that in a way to kind of choose to make a festival like that is, is really like defiant, right? It's like saying like, no, we're still going to do this, you know, Mm -hmm. like we're going to make this space and we're going to like have like over 15 events in a week. And like, these are the places in which we speak to each other. Mm -hmm. And, like, people can enter into that conversation, but they're going to enter in the way that, like, the artists and kind of, like, the people who have been involved with Helen and involved in these struggles have entered in as well. Mm. Interesting. And so I think, to me, like, that's what I think about it. I mean, I've worked on other, like, act- like mainstream festivals in, yeah. in Montreal before, and it's brutal. I mean, like, the work environment is, like, I think what you would think it is, you know, and it's very spectacular. Um, you know, people often criticize kind of, like, art or there, I don't know if, people still do that but like you know in art criticism like, oh it's like just spectacular you just consume it but it's like i mean maybe they were just talking about festivals in montreal you know mm. mm-hmm. interesting well uh this this was cool um we're gonna try to put these conversations with all the people who've been working on howl up before the festival starts which is <laughs> this weekend <laughs> but um thanks for the conversation harold